we're very pleased to have Senator Martin Heinrich, Senator Ben Ray Lujan, Representative Teresa Ledger Fernandez, and Representative Melanie Stansbury with us to talk about the historic accomplishments of the bipartisan infrastructure package signed into law this weekend and what it means for New Mexico. Following opening remarks, we will open a Q&A session in which we ask you to submit your questions via the chat, denoting your name and your media outlet as well, please. And with that, um, thank you all so much for joining us again, and I'd like to turn it over to Senator Heinrich. Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us as we try to unpack all this really historic uh, bipartisan infrastructure investment and jobs act. Recording we'll, in progress. We'll deliver for the uh, state of New Mexico. Uh, this legislation was negotiated with both parties actively involved and received bipartisan votes in both chambers. And I am particularly pleased uh, and proud that all four of the Democrats in our New Mexico congressional delegation played such a major role in steering this historic investment across the finish line. Um, there are so many pieces to this bill. The jobs and investments that it will create complement the American Rescue Plan, the major pandemic and economic recovery bill that we passed last spring. And when combined with the Build Back Better Act that we're finalizing as we speak, this infrastructure bill will facilitate major shifts towards a cleaner energy future. Uh, I just got back from the International Climate Summit in Glasgow, Scotland, and was really inspired by the level of commitment that I observed from so many leading innovators and policymakers from across the planet. But my clearest takeaway was that we simply can't afford to wait any longer on delivering the kind of investments necessary to safeguard our future. The reality is that New Mexico has long been held back by a systemic lack of investment in our infrastructure. And the pandemic really laid bare the stark realities that too many of our families still lack access to clean drinking water, much less high-speed internet. With the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, we will finally be able to change this for so many people across our great state. More than $3.7 billion with a B in formula funding alone will go to New Mexico automatically from the infrastructure bill. And much, much more will be available to the state through competitive funding. I know that each of us here in the delegation are ready to do everything we can to steer as much of that investment to our communities as we possibly can. And I wanna describe for you what this will mean for our state and why we fought so hard for so long to see this bill passed. New Mexico is gonna receive $2.5 billion alone for federal aid highway apportioned programs and another 225 million for bridge replacement and repairs over the next five years. These are absolutely historic numbers for our state. Let me say it again, $2.5 billion uh, for highway apportion programs and 225 million for bridge uh, replacement. These investments will go toward repairing and rebuilding our roads with a real focus on resilience and equity and safety for all of our citizens, including cyclists and pedestrians. New Mexico is gonna receive a minimum allocation of $100 million to help provide new and improved internet coverage. 
Uh, once again, this is just a historic step forward towards bridging the digital divide by working to provide access to the more than 220,000 New Mexicans who currently lack high-speed internet connections. And I'm sure you'll hear more from my colleague, Senator Lohan, about this because he's he fought so hard for these. Um, there's also critical funding to prepare more of our infrastructure for the costly impacts of climate change, extreme weather events, and even cyber attacks. Uh, New Mexico stands to receive $38 million over the next five years to protect against wildfires and $13 million to protect our infrastructure against cyber attacks. Uh, I worked really hard to make sure that this package included support specifically for community wildland defense grants, uh, mechanical thinning and prescribed fire in our forests and the collaborative forest landscape restoration, restoration program that has such a proven track record in our state, uh, but hasn't had the level of funding to meet the need in the past. And that's about to change. Families across New Mexico will also benefit from the bill's historic $3.5 billion national investment in weatherization programs, which will reduce the cost of energy bills for many of our families. The cheapest, cleanest energy is the energy we don't need to use in the first place. And New Mexico is going to benefit greatly from this important program. New Mexico will also receive $355 million over the next five years to improve water infrastructure, to get us closer to ensuring that clean, safe drinking water is a right in all of our communities. As part of this, I fought hard to secure the full federal funding share for the Eastern New Mexico Rural Water Project, which will provide a sustainable water source for places like Clovis and Portales, and even safeguard the future of Cannon Air Force Base. This is a huge deal for communities that can no longer rely on the rapidly falling Oglala Aquifer for their future water needs. I also made sure that we secured $3.5 billion nationally to address the backlog of water infrastructure projects under the Indian Health Service Sanitation and Facilities Construction Program. New, Mex New Mexico can also expect to receive $38 million over the next five years to support a major expansion of the electric vehicle or EV charging network in our state. We will also have the opportunity to apply for the $2.5 billion in additional grant funding dedicated to EV charging in this bill. We are electrifying the light duty transportation sector as we speak and supporting the domestic manufacturing jobs that will come from dominating the rapidly growing global EV market. Overall, this new infrastructure law will create hundreds of thousands of good paying jobs all across our country and ensure that our nation's infrastructure, meet, meet, infrastructure meets our 21st century needs. Uh, to put it in perspective, this bill puts our infrastructure uh, spending on par with what we saw during the New Deal. And when we pass the Build Back Better Act, we will actually exceed the level of infrastructure investment that occurred during the New Deal. The Build Back Better Act is also going to make pre-K and child care more affordable for every single family, and it will save New Mexicans money 
on their healthcare and prescription drug costs. And it will all be paid for by making the wealthiest earners and large corporations finally pay their fair share. This is our moment to build back better. This is our moment to meet the challenges that we will be judged by, by our children, our grandchildren, and future generations. And I am so proud to be in a congressional delegation that recognizes the stakes of what we face. And I am so proud of all that we are delivering to the families and communities in our great state. And with that, it's my honor to introduce my colleague, my friend, someone who did so much to focus on tribal communities, to focus on internet, the basics that mean so much for the state of New Mexico, Senator Ben Ray Lujan. Senator Heinrich, thank you so very much for all of your work and for bringing us together. It's an honor to be here, not only with our senior Senator Martin Heinrich, but with United States representatives, Ledger Fernandez and Stansberry to talk about this historic piece of legislation that I was proud to help shape for the people of New Mexico. From tackling the climate crisis head on to expanding broadband access and providing a much needed boost to small businesses, this bipartisan legislation pushes our country forward at the right moment, precisely when help is needed the most. Critically, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act takes historic steps to put an end to drunk driving with the inclusion of my right act. Legislation I authored that will require advanced drunk driving technology and all new vehicles so no more families have to endure the headache and the heartache and the challenges, the frustrations of losing a loved one as someone that was hit head on by a drunk driver almost 20 years ago. I know the importance of getting this legislation adopted. I'm so honored that we were able to work with Rick Scott out of Florida to get this included. This legislation also includes my Regrow Act, legislation I authored to clean up the thousands of orphan and gas wells that leak methane and pose serious health risks to our communities. This is an issue that I've been working on since March of 2020 as a member of the House leadership. I'm proud that the bipartisan infrastructure legislation contributes over $4 billion to plug these abandoned wells and safeguard our environment. Building off legislation that I introduced with Senators Heinrich and Sinema, this bill makes a significant $3.5 billion investment for Indian Health Service for water and wastewater projects. And for New Mexicans, affordable broadband can make all the difference for students completing their homework, an entrepreneur starting an online business, or even families seeking telehealth services. Across the board, this legislation will make robust investments to our state and make internet access more affordable for more than 785,000 New Mexicans. In addition to the build-out that Senator Heinrich talked about, New Mexico will receive an estimated 750 million for both the build-out and the affordability component. This is game-changing, and it's why we need to make sure we're working closely in our beautiful state to build out internet access to every corner of New Mexico. This much-needed legislation represents a monumental investment in the future of New Mexico and our country. But now it's critical the United States Senate presses forward to finish the job and deliver the Build Back Better Act for the American people. The Build Back Better Act provides once in a generation relief to lower the everyday costs of burden working families from healthcare to childcare. It also makes the largest investment to combat the climate crisis in US history, investing 555 billion over the next 10 years. With such remarkable progress made in the bipartisan infrastructure legislation, it's vital the Senate builds on this, the success and continues to invest in the future of our country that recently passed the House. 
That's why I'm eager, Senator Heinrich and Representative Stansberry and Ledger Fernandez to continue working together with my colleagues to make sure we get this legislation across the finish line. And Senator Heinrich, before I pass it over to you, I think it's also important to note that while this legislation was bipartisan, earning the support of Democratic and Republican colleagues in both the House and the Senate, including Mitch McConnell, it was only the four of us, the four Democratic members of the New Mexico delegation that voted for this legislation. Unfortunately, our Republican colleague that represents the Southern District did not see the importance of passing infrastructure legislation to make investments in every corner of our state. One thing that I learned from Manuel Lujan and Pete Domenici, you gotta work together and you have to make investments in New Mexico because everyone needs access to job opportunities, but we have to invest in our state. So thank you, Senator Heinrich, and I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you, Senator, and that's a great point because you know you and I learned that you know some of the things that Senator Domenici started, like the Eastern New Mexico Water Project, it was up to us to finally get those across the finish line and and complete those commitments to every corner of our state, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Tribal. It doesn't matter. That's that's what producing results is all about. And uh, speaking of results, it's my honor to introduce someone who's already producing results for our great state, Congresswoman Melanie Stansbury. Well, thank you, Senator Heinrich, and uh, thank you to everyone for joining us today. Good morning. Uh, it's an honor to be with our amazing delegation here today and to talk about the importance of passing this infrastructure bill. I wanna reemphasize some of the points that were made because this bill is so crucial for New Mexico. On Friday, the House passed a $1.2 trillion package of infrastructure that will invest over $3 billion in New Mexico alone and invest in thousands of jobs that will impact communities across the state of New Mexico. And in particular, I want to highlight four pieces of this legislation. First, broadband. We all know that many, many New Mexicans across our state, especially in our rural and tribal areas, do not have access to broadband. Broadband is foundational to having a thriving economy, for our kids to be able to succeed in school, and for us to just go about our daily lives. We desperately need those investments in broadband. Our state is poised and ready to put those dollars to work. And we must make sure that every New Mexican can connect to high-speed broadband all across the state. Secondly, I want to highlight the provisions around water. Many of our communities across New Mexico are experiencing crises around water. We have a number of chapters of the Navajo Nation where we have Dinaic communities where people do not have access to clean drinking water, including in our house district in the first congressional district at Tohajale chapter just west of Albuquerque. We desperately need to put these dollars to work for our <coughs> rural communities, for our tribal communities, and all over the state. That includes rural communities up north, our colonias down on the south, and everywhere that we can put those dollars to bring clean drinking water to our state. <clears throat> the third piece I want to emphasize is the clean energy infrastructure. As was just stated, Senator Heinrich was representing our delegation in Oslo, or excuse me, in um, the Glasgow climate negotiations that are happening right now. 
And it is so important that we show the world and the country that we mean business in terms of meeting our climate agreements and that we are going to address our carbon footprint. Investing in clean energy infrastructure, our grid, our energy and our uh, vehicle infrastructure is crucial to actually addressing our carbon footprint and making good on those promises to addressing the climate crisis. And fourth, I wanna emphasize roads. You know, across New Mexico, all of our communities have roads that are unpaved, that are dangerous, that need attention. And this is especially important in our rural and tribal communities. This bill will bring over $2 billion to our rural communities and our tribal communities so that we can pave roads, we can fix bridges, we can make sure that we can get to where we're needing to go. So those are such important pieces of this legislation. But I also want to highlight the Build Back Better Act because we're only halfway done. So the rest of this agenda is the American Families Plan. It's the proposal that our president and the Democratic Caucus have put forward to not only invest in the physical infrastructure of our country, but the social and family infrastructure of our communities. So that's addressing the well-being of our communities, addressing healthcare needs, expanding healthcare, investing and in creating the first ever universal pre-K system the United States has ever seen, investing in caring for our elders, investing in the largest ever commitment to addressing the climate crisis and climate resilience that the United States has ever made and ensuring that our communities can live with dignity, well-being, and that we can help the next generation of New Mexicans thrive. And that is what the Build Back Better Act does. That is why we're going to return back to Congress next week and hopefully pass it out of the House and get it across the finish line in the Senate and get it to the president's desk because we know that if we pass these two bills, they will literally transform lives, not only in New Mexico, but across the country. And so we are so proud to represent our communities and to serve you all. And with that, I wanna pass it back to Senator Heinrich and on to my amazing colleague from the North, uh, the great Congresswoman Teresa Ledger Fernandez. Thank you. Well, I, I love how Senator Lujan decided to, to like have the backdrop of New Mexico roads and uh, as a member of Congress, there's no one who knows the uh, the roads of northern New Mexico better than Representative Teresa Ledger Fernandez. Uh, she covers that uh, huge swath of country and beautiful communities every, every single week. And uh, Congresswoman, take it away and tell us what, what's this going to mean for New Mexico and for your constituents? Well, thank you so much, Senator, and thank you to our wonderful Representative Stansbury, and our Senators are amazing in the manner in which they worked on the Senate to get this done, you know, and I was very proud to join my hermana in the House to get this out and to tee everything up for some amazing change, uh, improvement uh, for everybody. I also want to thank the press for the work that you're doing to bring the news uh, to New Mexicans about what's down the pipeline. And pipelines are something we're gonna be working on, water pipelines. Um, so this is transformational. You keep hearing us use that word because it is the largest investment that we've seen in our infrastructure and our communities cannot win, cannot thrive if we don't do this. And this act, uh, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act is a win for every community across New Mexico. So as Nuevo Mexicanos, we know the devastation brought on by climate change. 
from less water for our sequias to damaging wildfires and droughts. It's clear to us that we need a just transition with the necessary investment to create those good paying jobs for our communities, especially our legacy fossil fuel communities that powered our country for generations. I'm proud to have helped secure alongside our senators and especially Senator Ben Ray Lujan, uh, $4.7 billion to plug orphaned wells and reduce methane pollution. Plugging these orphan wells, uh, which are littered across uh, our Northwest and Southeast, uh, plugging these orphan wells will create hundreds of well paying jobs in our state and thousands across the country. We know that methane is more than 25 times as harmful as carbon dioxide to global warming, and we must do all we can to reduce its negative impact. So we have to do more on climate. And that's why you hear us all also advocating to pass the Build Back Better Act. And that's because the Build Back Better will include key pieces of my Orphaned Wells Cleanup and Jobs Act to establish an idled well fee and strengthen bonding requirements so that we can finally hold fossil fuel companies accountable so they don't leave us with a mess, so they don't create more abandoned wells. I also advocated for investment in our water infrastructure because it's simply unacceptable that 10 million American households and 400,000 schools and childcare centers don't have safe drinking water. Our communities have a right to safe drinking water. Now, New Mexico will get close to $355 million over the next five years to drill the wells, bury the pipes, and build a clean water infrastructure all across our state. The bill also includes funding to complete the Navajo Gallup Water Supply Project as currently authorized. With this funding, the Navajo Gallup Water Supply Project will bring drinking water to chapter houses and residents in Gallup and its surrounding. I joined the senators in applauding the full funding for the Eastern Water Project, which we pushed for in the House have, and have now included in the infrastructure bill. You know, as we've noted, the delegation or the Democrat members of the delegation pushed for these projects with our colleagues in the House. And we now see what are the results of effective advocacy of the Democratic delegation in DC. We also know that too many New Mexicans live in areas where there is no broadband. And broadband is an essential infrastructure. During the pandemic, our rural Navajo and Native American students couldn't attend school virtually and instead had paper lessons delivered by school bus. No teacher interaction, just a bus drop. Without broadband, those living in our rural communities on the Navajo Nation and other tribal communities across New Mexico missed out on critical telehealth services and the resources to keep their small businesses open. I'm a proud member of the Rural Broadband Task Force, and I applaud the funding we secured for New Mexico, which will receive $100 million to help provide broadband coverage. New Mexico is a rural state, and I'm proud that the broadband funds will especially help our rural and low-income communities. So every household, regardless of income, can have access to broadband. The infrastructure bill also has $12 billion for Native American infrastructure for climate resiliency, housing, roads, and Indian health facilities. I chair the Subcommittee of Indigenous Communities, and this bill includes many of the priorities we identified in hearings we held at the committee. 
And I'd like to note that uh, Representative Stansbury is also a member of the Subcommittee on Indigenous Peoples and also pushed for these. And then we had over in the Senate, uh, you know, our colleagues saying we must do it. And it's when the House and the Senate work together like that, when our colleagues work together across, you know, across the two chambers that we get such great results. So all of these investments are life-changing for our state, but there's more to be done. For generations, New Mexico families have been held back by the costs of healthcare, childcare, pre-K. They've been held back by the high cost of prescription drugs because we continue to let big pharma make excessive profits off of people's pain. You want to know how we get our rural communities, tribal communities, and all of our communities back to work? Now, how do we do that? We do it with paid family leave, with affordable childcare, with universal pre-K. We do that, we get everybody getting back to work in our economy humming with the Build Back Better Act because we must create jobs. We must also create an economy where people can go to work and know that their loved ones are taken care of. Now's the time to invest in the values and heart of our nation. And those are our women, our children, our workers, our immigrants and our beautiful mother earth. The infrastructure bill is just the first step. We're committed to passing the Build Back Better Act because it's para la gente, it's for our community. Thank you once again for taking the time to cover this. I, I think what you're hearing here is that this is literally the biggest thing to happen in New Mexico in infrastructure uh, since I-25 and I-40 were built. Um, it, is, it is that historic. And it's gonna help us compete against uh, our surrounding states and really level the playing field for the lack of infrastructure investment that we've seen uh, in New Mexico for too long. So with that, uh, Gabriella is gonna facilitate questions with the, the different media outlets and they can direct those at whoever, uh, whoever they like. Thank you all so much. Yes, we'd like to open it up for questions now. So again, please submit your questions via the chat and include your name and your media outlet. It looks like Julia may have raised her hand. Uh, can I, may I ask my questions? Okay, thanks. Uh, it's Julia Goldberg from the Santa Fe Reporter. I had two questions. I was wondering if you could talk about how you envision the impact of the current widespread supply chain and labor shortages on such big pending infrastructure projects. And then I was also wondering uh, if you could give an update on what some of the sticking, some of the sticking points, as I understand it, for the Build Back Better Act, such as the increase to property tax deductions. Thanks. If anybody wants to jump in or uh, I can I can start and then other people can add. You know, I'm I think we're to gonna talk about supply chains as well. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Congresswoman, why don't you start with supply chains and we'll just go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we all know, right now, there's a global shortage of basic construction materials, as well as labor shortages. And I think that is one of the big concerns in making sure that these dollars are able to get out and get spent as quickly as possible. So we will be working very closely with our state, with our tribes, with our municipal and county governments to make sure that the projects that apply for these funds are teed up and ready to go and working with our unions and our worker organizations to make sure that there's labor and that we can source all the materials appropriately. But I do wanna mention that the Build Back Better Act, which is the second bill that we're hoping to pass next week 
sector in the next couple of weeks includes significant provisions to address supply chain issues at the policy level and to help with tracking and sourcing uh, supply chain needs across the U.S. And so that is part of why it's important that we pass both of these bills is that the other side of the economic equation is also included in that bill as well. And with that, I'll turn it back to the senator. Anything to add, anyone? So I would also point out that one of the great things about the Build Back Better Act is we've had it reviewed um, by quite a few economists and, and others, and it is intended um, and, and uh, projected to lower the cost of inflation because we're going to be uh, investing in the kinds of projects that really support productivity. So I think that that's a really important point to note that the Build Back Better Act is one fully funded. It doesn't in essence cost anything because we're paying for it with uh, those tax increases on the big corporations who often have not paid their fair share. And then what it will do is because it increases productivity and uh, it will reduce inflation and over the long run. And that's something I think that's really important for people to, to take away. And I think it's important to realize with these large infrastructure projects that uh, one, they are spread out over multiple years because they are big long-term investments. And then the economic activity that they spur is also spread over decades. Uh, we literally haven't seen this kind of infrastructure since the New Deal and the beginning of the interstate highway system. So we're still benefiting economically from those investments uh, in the case of the New Deal almost a century ago. These investments are going to create economic productivity for our state for many, many decades to come. Gabrielle, do you want to jump to the next question? Sure. Next question is from Noelle Smith with the Farmington Daily Times, and she asks, will funding dedicated to addressing Indian country go directly to tribal governments? Read the Navajo Gallup water supply project. Is this funding to cover the current cost or to cover costs associated with its new completion year? Uh, so the funding in Indian country that is intended to go towards, um, uh, it de depends on where the funding is going for. So the funding that is going for the Indian Health Services will go to the Indian Health Service. Um, how it gets back down into communities depends on whether those communities have uh, are running their own health clinics. So for example, in New Mexico, we have Santo Domingo runs its own health clinic. So funding that is intended to go to uh, for health facilities that could go directly to the tribe to its clinic but in those places like in gallup where the ihs runs the facility that would be uh, administered by ihs itself in since it's actually ihs the indian health service is running the clinic and um, the navajo gallup water supply project is intended to provide funding uh, for uh, to complete it as currently authorized. We do anticipate that there will be cost overruns because of the time it's taken to complete this. So uh, we will be going and, and fighting for complete funding. And I'll turn it over to the two senators who know this project so well because they worked on it for so many years. <clears throat> if, if I may, Senator Heinrich, um, this is an important project that uh, Congresswoman Ledger Fernandez was talking about. It's a piece of legislation that Senator Bingaman put together um, that I had the honor of carrying in the House with other water settlements that received broad support by the House and the Senate. And this is just another example where with bipartisan support, now, um, man, that the Democratic delegation of New Mexico helping to lead that way that benefits these water projects across America. 
um, especially because of the leadership under Senator Bingaman and Udall, Senator Heinrich, and those of us that were in the House, leading to the delegation we have today. There's more work that still must be done um, with the Navajo Gallup water pipeline. And it's something Senator Heinrich and I are working on closely with our House colleagues um, with the upcoming appropriation initiatives. Uh, but this is important for the Navajo Gallup water pipeline to continue, continue that deliverability. Yeah, it's it's important to note that, you know, Senator Lujan and I were actually in the House when we we passed the settlement uh, and saw that come into place and then have had the pieces together over many, many years. Uh, this funds what we originally envisioned, but we are going to continue to work with our incredible House delegation to seek the, the funding for the changes that need to be made as this project has grown and changed over the years. So we're not done, but we're a lot further down the road. Great, our next question comes from Adrian with the Carlsbad Current Argus. How can you ensure communities that depend on fossil fuels, such as in the Southeast of New Mexico, will not see economic disparity as we transition toward renewable energy? What can you say to oil workers in our area that are concerned they might be out of work? Well, I think, for for beginning and i'll let everybody else jump in too it's important to realize that these forces already exist and they're global um, if you look at bloomberg this morning who tracks energy trends one of the things you'll see in today's news is that the cost of capital for uh, oil and gas projects has gone has effectively doubled in the last few years whereas the cost of capital for renewable projects has dramatically reduced and that that recognizes basically a fundamental shift in investment patterns. So it's up to us to make smart investments now to recognize that, that these changes are coming, whether we want them to come or not, and to position ourselves in those places where we can see growth, whether that is renewables, whether that is green hydrogen, whether that is the incredible work that my colleagues uh, and I have done on, um, you know, dealing with abandoned wells. We need to make investments in all of those places and in our workforce to prepare for these changes. So uh, I would also add that, you know, part of this issue of what do we do to make sure that our incredibly talented uh, and skilled workers can continue to uh, work in an area that provides them uh, high paying jobs. Um, and this is why we also need the Build Back Better Act. And uh, the Build Back Better Act, uh, we have a provision that will ensure that oil and gas communities are eligible for EDA Economic Development Act funds that can be put towards economic diversification so that we can be creating new jobs, new uh, businesses in these areas. Um, and this is targeted to those places that have oil, uh, gas, and coal communities. And we also have in the Build Back Better $20 billion in funding for workforce training to help any workers that are displaced. I think it's really important to, 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 to build on what the Senator is talking about, is this is what is happening uh, because of global forces. Uh, the electrification of vehicles and other issues are gonna cause there to be less oil and gas drilled in the future. 
So we, instead of putting our head in the sand, we need to get prepared and get ahead of it and say, how do we act so that we're not left behind? So we have that just transition. And, you know, and that's how that's how these two bills uh, work together to be able to do that. Thank you so much. Our next question is from Tim with KOB4 and is directed to Representative Ledger Fernandez. You mentioned $12 billion for Native American communities. Do you have any idea how much of that is going to New Mexico's Native communities? We do not have a precise number right now. We have the breakdowns of the different areas in which it will uh, be going. Once again, it depends on the different agencies. We do know that New Mexico has one of the highest percentages of uh, Native American communities. We're home to the Navajo Nation, which is the largest tribe in the country with the largest reservation. So we anticipate a significant funding will come here. Um, you know, as an example, there's $1.2 billion for roads. Our reservations are some of the biggest reservations uh, land-wise in the country, so we anticipate there'll be a lot coming for that. Um, I'd like to also uh, let you know that it also includes funding for native languages, because uh, it's very important that we do not lose. We, we uh, allow and assist our tribal communities in preserving their native languages. Uh, that's a value that New Mexico has always held dear, and we have $200 million for that. Um, and for energy electrification, where we've heard that many Navajos, for example, in rural areas don't actually even have electricity in their homes. We got 300 million going to that. We have several co tribal colleges and universities uh, in the area and they'll be getting 700 million. Thank you and so much. If I can, I'd like to just briefly add on for clarification that the 12 billion is the dollars that would be included in the Build Back Better Act and the programmatic um, programs um, that would be serving tribal communities. New Mexico is currently anticipated to get $3 billion from the infrastructure bill that we passed on Friday. And there are a number of programs that are specific to tribal communities like the Indian Health Services water programs and tribal roads programs. And then there are programs that tribes can apply for through grant programs and other things like that. Yeah, so the, the uh, infrastructure bill has the 12 billion and then the Build Back Better has the 14 billion for Indian country. So the combination of the two, the 12 billion, which is going to water, broadband, roads, climate resiliency, and IHS is in the infrastructure. And then the Build Back Better has the $14 billion. And in addition to the dollars that pass directly through to individual tribal governments, uh, the fact that there's 3.5 billion in this bill for Indian Health Services alone. Uh, will be enormously beneficial for our healthcare providers in Indian country. Thank you all so much. The next question is from Hannah Grover with the New Mexico Political Report. Oftentimes we see rural communities left behind when it comes to infrastructure. As we are building out electric vehicle infrastructure such as charging stations, how can New Mexico ensure that the areas that are currently lacking electric infrastructure are not left behind? I think the simple answer is we need to build EV charging in those places, right? And we're going to work with our state legislature uh, and our governor because they represent so much of the rural state to make sure that when they receive those funds that we are plugging the gaps. And those gaps are in our smaller rural communities. When you pull up an app on your phone to see where you can charge in some place like Albuquerque or Santa Fe, it's no big deal. 
but it is a big deal in other places. And that's why we need to work with them to plug those gaps. Anyone else? And Hannah, while you're, have... go ahead, Melanie. Sorry about that, Representative. Oh, no, I was just going to say, actually, many of our rural communities are the best poised to actually put in EV infrastructure. A lot of our rural electric co-ops, especially up north, already have in place electrification plans and are eager to put these dollars to work. And so these dollars will actually directly benefit our rural communities. And also a number of our Pueblos in particular are also putting in infrastructure um, that can deploy these dollars right away as well. And Hannah, I was going to add something that Representative Stansbury just added, which is really a kudos uh, to the uh, New Mexico Rural Electric Co-ops. Um, they will be help, they will be leading this initiative, especially in rural New Mexico and taking a big interest. So want to say thank you to them um, with being able to drive this investment into rural communities across New Mexico, number one. And number two, e even though your question was centered around EV charging, the front of the investment with broadband infrastructure will be in rural New Mexico. And so this is, again, just game changing with being able to connect uh, with our goal is 100% of the state, but I'm confident we can exceed 98%. And if we're innovative with um, the dollars and with the grants that are out there and the investments from New Mexico with the legislature and our governor, we quite possibly could get to 100% of the state connected. So we're all going to have to work diligently, but that will be benefiting predominantly rural New Mexico. Absolutely. And we have a um, economic development team that rural communities can reach out to in my office, as well as a grant writer that we all share uh, in the delegation to help make these things, steer these dollars to rural communities. Congresswoman? Yes, and I would just uh, point out that New Mexico would receive $38 million for the uh, expansion of the charging network and then have the opportunity to go after another $2.5 billion in grant funding. So it's significant. We get a nice chunk just at the beginning, but then we have the, the option to go after this bigger pot. And the delegation, uh, and we all are working with the, our state legislators and our governor so that we can make sure we, we stand up um, the uh, maybe an office that will help our small communities access these grants. I have been meeting with my, may the, my mayors, <laughs> I call them my mayors, with mayors across my district, and we know I represent a rural district, and they are all asking for help. And the legislature is already, we have several bills that are pending that would really uh, assist our rural areas go for that money. Because we know that our small communities, they don't have, you know, a lot of people that are available to help actually write those grants and go after them. And so this is an example of how the state and the federal delegation are working really closely together so that we can leverage the state dollars and the federal dollars to have as much impact as possible. We do not want to let a single dime sit in D.C. for and it can be spent in New Mexico. Thank you all so much. And with that, we are going to conclude our question and answer session. Thank you all for joining us today and for all of our panelists for, for being a part of this call. We will have a recording that is made available to folks after the fact. So please follow up with our team directly and we'll make sure it's available. Thank you all again. Um, and we're excited to see this legislation in action. Thank you all so much. Bye-bye.